Well, I am particularly excited for our podcast today. My name is Valerie Humes. I'm the director of the Maternity Housing Coalition here at Heartbeat International. Thank you for tuning in to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. Hey, Kim, it was great sharing our Go for the Gold program at Heartbeat this year. Yes, Go for the Gold is a sexual risk avoidance education program that teaches teens healthy relationship skills. Call us today at 937-262-7010 and let's Let's go go for for the the gold gold together. Today, our episode uh, is with Vanessa Rock, who's Chief Operations Officer with Good Counsel Homes. Um, And we are going to take a, a little bit of a dive into one of my favorite subjects, which is mental health. Uh, and Vanessa is going to allow me to ask her some questions <laughs> <laughs> to understand um, maybe some feasible ways that we could support mental health for our residents. Um, now, one thing I want you to know for this podcast is that we will often refer to homes um, and residents because uh, Vanessa and myself both serve in maternity home settings. Um, However, we recognize that this information is applicable to pregnancy help organizations across the board. So if you are serving in a pregnancy center, um, feel free to tune in as we feel this would be greatly helpful for you as well. So, um, Vanessa, did I did I say your title right? Yeah, you you actually did. You said it uh, very well. Um, I guess I'll piggyback a little bit off of uh, what you started to share. So yeah, my name is Vanessa Rock and um, I have the distinct pleasure of being the operating officer for programs uh, at Good Council Homes in New York and New Jersey. Um, We are a residential maternity program which houses pregnant um, and or parenting women and their children. And our goal is to aid them to self-sufficiency and independence, right? Um, Our only criteria for welcoming moms into the program is that they're pregnant, parenting, and homeless. So to that end, we tend to support moms who otherwise uh, would really not have anywhere to go or will not be able to get some of the supports that they need. Um, And these are moms who uh, can have mild to severe mental illness, moms who may have substance use disorders, um, at times moms with uh, developmental disabilities. Um, and so uh, this, this topic for me is, is really important, uh, really relevant. Um, and I'm, I'm just excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let me go ahead and introduce the topic because it has one of my favorite titles to it. Um, so we are going to be talking about mental health first aid. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with this phrase whenever I heard it. Um, so Vanessa, why don't you start there? What is mental health first aid? So mental health first aid, um, it's a course that teaches you how to really identify um, and uh, understand and really respond to uh, signs of mental illness, uh, signs of substance use disorder. Um, The training itself will give you the skills you need to reach out and provide like the initial helping points 
uh, to some support, just really to support someone who may be having a decompensation period, someone who's experiencing some sort of mental health or substance use disorder crisis, right? So I, I think people sometimes wonder, like, who takes this training, right? Like, why mental health first aid? And it's really a training for everyone. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier about how you don't have to be a clinician. You don't have to be a social worker. Um, teachers take the training. First responders take the training. People who have loved ones with mental illness take the training. Um, pretty much anyone who wants to make their community healthier, happier, um, and safer, right? Um, most of us would know if we were witnessing someone experiencing a heart attack or some sort of crisis, we would say, oh, well, we've got to start uh, CPR, right? Or at the very least, we're going to contact uh, 911 or reach out to some sort of first responder. Um, but not a lot of people know how they would respond or should respond to someone having a panic attack, someone who might be experiencing mania. Um, a friend or a coworker who might be showing signs of alcoholism, right? They don't know how to respond. And so mental health first aid, this training, it takes kind of the unknown and the fears and hesitations away from, from those circumstances, right? It allows us to be able to have conversations about mental health, conversations about substance use disorders or problems by providing like an understanding. And really the key here is an action plan that teaches people how to, you know, safely and effectively uh, respond to these types of situations. Um, so that's kind of in a bubble uh, exactly what it is. So when you talk about it, you know, what comes to my mind um, are some of the basics that we have, like, um, you know, for many of us, our staff may do CPR mm -hmm. um, training, um, particularly with infants in the home. Mm -hmm. So we do CPR training and then infants, you know, CPR training. Um, I know a lot of times we'll do maybe like a medical, you know, first aid kind yep. of 101 with that. So that's what comes to my mind. Is this comparable? We're saying this is mental health, like if we had a CPR or first aid, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's exactly that. It's it's your first line response to a mental health crisis. What do you do? How do you respond? Where do you go? What, you know, what comes next? You know, I really love that because all you need is to learn um, a couple of first response uh, maybe strategies that yeah. could help change a circumstance. And so that feels uh, like relieving. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the, I love that you use the word relieving because um, as I was saying, it, it really takes the hesitation out of even wanting to respond. Right. Oftentimes people don't respond, not because they don't want to, not because they, you know, don't have a heart for people or don't have a heart for what's going on in a circumstance. It's because they're afraid and maybe don't have the, the strategies, right? The action plan, the tools, right? To be able to address whatever's in front of them at the time. So I do believe that this is uh, an action plan based strategy training that provides that kind of uh, support, right? You have it in the back of your head when it presents itself, you're already, you know, be shot into gear on, on what, what comes next? What do I do in order to address this? So here's, here's my next question for you. Mm -hmm. In deference to sounding 
uh, with an overly simplistic question, but mm-hmm. why is this important? Uh, and let me say, ask, tell you why I'm asking that. As in, can you paint the picture for us? Well, what happens when someone doesn't have this information or training? Yeah, um, it's a twofold question. And I think the simpler the question, um, uh, the simpler the answer, right? So in 2020, um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness um, statistically shared that about 20% or about 21%, I think is the exact number of adults uh, will experience or have mental illness. And we're talking 52.9 million people, right? That's roughly one in five adults. Um, so if you walk down the street today and saw five people, it would be feasible to believe that one of them might have a mental illness. And so it's important because it's we're seeing mental illness more and more. This is not an anomaly. This is not a situation that exists way over there. It's in our everyday. It's a part of our lives. And so it's just prudent for us to be like alert, to be empathetic, to be knowledgeable on how we would support or, or uh, present in a situation like this. So let's, let's paint a picture, right? You are um, working as a front-facing staff or you're, you know, just work walking down the street, perhaps um, with a mom, with a baby, or with someone who may or may not uh, be diagnosed with mental illness, and that individual starts to show signs and symptoms of decompensation. And decompensation is just a fancy way of saying this person is experiencing a crisis, right? Um, you're, you're witnessing these signs and symptoms. If you're trained in mental health first aid, number one, you'll be able to pick up on those signs and symptoms. You'll be able to say, oh man, this person might be experiencing a crisis. And then you'll use some of the tools that are shared in the training um, with how to speak to the individual, what helps with calming them down, what helps with probing to figure out what type of crisis they're experiencing, right? Um, You can also use the training tools and techniques to be able to figure out what kind of assistance they need. Perhaps it's, um, you realize it's not a medical assistance that they need, but perhaps a psychiatric assistance, uh, perhaps a a substance-related assistance. And so, again, having those tools will essentially put you in the framework to be able to address how I can help this person who's sitting in front of me, who's who's walking down the street with me um, to be able to reach um, a level of, um, uh, you know, a point where they're not, you know, having a full crisis because you're able to deescalate them to the point that they can be uh, apt to get the help that they need. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes makes perfect sense. And it, it brings me to this thought of, um, you know, if you will, what, how does this relate to maternity housing mm. specifically, mm-hmm. particularly as most maternity homes now also have infants or children in the home, mm-hmm. as well as, uh, you know, women that are either pregnant or postpartum, uh, maybe a mix. Yeah. Um, So great question. And um, I think we'll paint another picture here, right? So you are uh, in a maternity housing program. Um, You have young children, you have toddlers running around, and then you also have the women that we serve. Uh, These women can be diagnosed, right? Or they can be undiagnosed. 
And so when you're when you're having these um, women in a maternity program around other women, around triggers that you may or may not know about, you're in a situation where perhaps something could be triggering to the individual. Um, and the first line staff, right, the front facing staff are going to need to know how to respond. Um, how do we de-escalate someone who might be triggered by a conversation, who might be triggered by a smell, who might be triggered by a, a person, right? A situation even, who might be triggered by other children. The, the best bet is to want you, our best bet rather is to want to provide support and, and a safe environment for everyone who's involved. And so again, this training is going to equip us with the ability to say, okay, I've got to, first of all, I know I have to remove this mom from maybe general population and pull her aside to be able to address whatever crisis she's coming to, right? It's it's beneficial to res residential programs, but I, I also kind of believe that it's it's beneficial to pregnancy help centers as well, right? They're often coming into contact with women for services. They don't always know who the person is, right? Sometimes um, our first encounter is our last encounter with uh, some of these women. Um, and so same thing, right? Having training for all the front-facing staff is only going to be beneficial and provide them the confidence um, to support like this delicate population. Yeah, you know, whenever you're talking, it um, really makes me think of um, just kindness, mm. that fruit of the spirit that that is kindness, and realizing that this is uh, this is something we can choose to do. This being equipping ourselves, um, and we can choose to do in order to be ready at any time to be an encouragement to someone else. One of my favorite phrases that I learned from some mentor somewhere that I've used forever <laughs> yeah. is that encouragement means to put courage inside, to put courage mm -hmm. in. And so I was thinking about that when you gave the example of a panic attack, which is so common, or a smell being triggered. And, um, you know, that takes them to a very real experience mentally. And how great is it that we can have an opportunity while they are having what is probably a very harsh and pleasant experience in their mind, they're back somewhere, you know, mm. with whatever that memory is. Right. But we have an opportunity to show them gentleness in that time and to show them kindness and softness and compassion. I, I guess I was just connecting the dots, realizing in the instance of someone being triggered, when that first instance happened, they likely didn't have any gentleness around them. But whenever this happens around us and we're ready, now the story can be different. Now they can have an experience of gentleness along with whatever that negative experience was. Uh, and I, it just kind of gave me a different perspective. Like what a great opportunity and low hanging fruit, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, for us to uh, kind of add this to our to our tool belt. I, I love the way that you described it. Right. Because a lot of us are already doing some of this and we're just not calling it mental health first aid, right? Mm -hmm. um, we approach our, our moms and the women that we serve with empathy. We approach them with compassion. We uh, try to be, um, you know, supportive to whatever it is their circumstances are so that uh, we're able to uh, be just a, a blessing in their lives, even if it's for a minute. And so, 
I believe that, you know, the training is just going to couple with the, you know, the, the characteristics of, uh, of the population of people that work in this field, right? It's just going to kind of go hand in hand with, uh, some of the things that we already encompass. And, um, I love that Val, low hanging fruit for sure. You know, I'm curious, I want to hear your thoughts on something, you know, I, I get to spend with my job Mm -hmm. um, lots of times with people at homes all over the nation. And so I I get to hear sometimes what some commonalities are. And often I hear sometimes a sense of overwhelm, um, especially for startups with recognizing not only the presence of mental illness, um, how, or, but rather the prevalence of mental illness. And as we're talking about it, you know, sometimes affiliates will really express um, how exhausting or daunting uh, it can be to feel like, you know, I just want to help pregnant women and their babies. And, and so I guess at this point, we're just talking more just a general um, kind of coffee talk. But mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on that because one thing that stood out to me is I heard you say uh, you only had one thing that was required for women to move in. Well, Mm -hmm. two, suppose, pregnant and homeless, uh, which leaves a very wide net for different Mm -hmm. mental health needs and uh, and the, you know, the potential for mental illnesses to to be present in the home. So, I mean, do you want to just talk about that? What would you say to some of those homes that are feeling overwhelmed with just the prevalence of mental illness in residents? Oh, absolutely. Daunting? Yes. Um, Overwhelming? Yes. Uh, You know, at times, um, uh, scary even? Yes. Um, All of those emotions are are very real and very true um, and necessary. But for us, I believe we take those emotions and we channel them into uh, education and we channel them into training. A lot of times the fear comes from the unknown, right? Oh man, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this means. I don't know what the reaction is going to be. And so if we train ourselves and we equip ourselves um you know, it, it, it removes some of those own unknowns, right? You don't know everything, right? Only God is all knowing and all powerful, right? But you're able to say to yourself, well, I know what a, uh, a decompensation might look like for someone with bipolar disorder, or I understand um, what some of the signs and symptoms of schizophrenia are. Um, or I understand, um, you know, what addiction means and what it may look like and how it may um, visualize itself in a, a mom in my home. And so when you have those uh, knowledge-based nuggets, right, you're less apt to feel overwhelmed or daunted by it because you're able to say, well, I know what to do here, right? right. Um, and every circumstance is going to be it's going to be different, right? Moms are going to be all different. We're, we're all complex human beings. Um, but again, I don't believe you need to be a complete clinician. And listen, I, I love clinicians. I'm a social worker. So um, I, you know, I, I definitely believe in the field, but it's not absolutely necessary as long as the basic training um, is provided and 
um, and people really understand at least the core of how to respond to some of these things. And so um, I encourage startups um, to, you know, just really start with the education piece, just start with the training piece. Um, it's a good starting point. And, and as you get a little bit more comfortable and, and knowledgeable, you'll, you'll, you'll see that it's, it's a hundred percent doable. And, you know, these women need our help. They, they need us. So we, we've got to just do what it takes to be able to meet their needs. Amen. You're speaking my language now. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so how can homes learn more about this, about this training? Mm, Okay, so the training itself, um, I believe it was developed by the National Council for Mental Wellbeing a few years ago. Um, And during that time, there was a huge push to educate the masses, right, across the nation. Um, And so a lot of states and counties actually hold the eight-hour training. It's a full day's training. Um, pretty regularly, right? Um, most of the trainings are going to be low cost, or they're going to be uh, for they're going to be free because they're going to be funded through grants um, by the state. And so, in order to find these trainings, I really encourage like a quick Google search. You can Google mental health first aid in your state or in your city or in your county, um, and it's generally going to be easy to find. A lot of these trainings right now are still virtual or they'll have like a blended um, component. And so even if you're, let's say, in um, Texas, you might be able to register for a virtual training that's being held in New York um, as long as, you know, you have the full eight hours to uh, contribute. There is often a pre and post test. And there is a certificate that they give you that uh, lasts for about two years. And then, you know, every two years we do encourage a refresher just to kind of be up on whatever's new for that time. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I hope everyone took note of that. And as I come across resources, I will be posting those in our Facebook group for the Maternity Housing Coalition. Um, And for further discussion or questions on this topic, as always, feel free to email me at housing at heartbeatinternational.org. So Vanessa, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. I love this topic and um, I'll be happy to talk about it anytime.